Oh no. Winston, where did you go? We didn't even introduce you. Gone too soon. My computer just quit. He texted me. So unprofessional. You, you need to keep all of this in, by the way. Oh, he's he needs to do the thing that you always do, which is plug in your computer halfway through. It's like, oh, 1% battery, and then you run to the other side of the room, get your charger, and plug it in just in the nick of time. Yes. Which is the pro move. It is, honestly. I mean, this time I have my... Wait, I, did I? <laughs> I didn't even plug my computer in. Oh my gosh. I'll wait till halfway through the episode when it's on. <laughs> That's my secret, cat. My computer's always plugged in. Just uh, froze. Hmm. Control Alt Delete. <laughs> Nothing. When the task manager doesn't respond. <laughs> uh oh. Man, this is taking a lot longer than one sec. Zachary is currently DDoSing me right now. Oh, there's so much going on. May have clicked it too many times. <gasps> Winston. I'm back. Is it true, I heard on the grapevine, that you know how to unicycle? I kind of know how to unicycle. What we did during this is the great summer of 2020 when everyone was really bored and didn't have anything else to do in their life was get together as a family and get a unicycle. And the problem with unicycles is once you have them, they start to grow. So we started out with this really cheap unicycle. Then my dad bought a slightly nicer unicycle. Then he was like, eh, this one is good, but honestly, I should probably get an even better one. So then he got an even better one. So we went from having no unicycles to three unicycles in the space of like less than a month, I think. So it's kind of like a multiplying kind of deal. And the only one I was allowed to to be on was the really garbagey metal one that if you fell down, it's not like it was going to get dented or anything. It was virtually indestructible. So I learned how to ride down the street. And that's basically all I know how to do. I can't go any farther from our mailbox to a tree. I could probably pick that back up if I need to, but it's just been so long since I've done anything with it. I have a cool video of me of me doing it, which is nice to have, but I'm so out of practice at this point, unfortunately. How do you like get going? Because like on a bike, it's all stable, but if you're like, you just sit down. So it's actually harder to get started than it is to ride once you're going. If you have the momentum, you're good. You have to hold on to the mailbox. That's what I do, which is completely cheating. But if you hold on to the mailbox and then kind of push yourself off and get a bit of a running start, then you're fine. Free mounting is the next step, which my dad and Owen, they know how to do it. That's where you literally jump up onto it and then start going. And that is harder than literally riding. So unlike a regular bike where riding is the hard part, getting going is literally the hard part. And going up hills is a whole nother ballgame. You don't get a break. There's no such thing as like downhill because you're always just working your core muscles and having, you know, sweating <laughs> buckets the entire time. I had no idea that you had unicycled, Zachary. That's really, I, how did you like, like what made you be like, yeah, this is something that I want to do. How did that happen? There may or may not have been a family bet there. There was a cash payout if you could unicycle by a certain date. So I will say that. That kind of got the ball rolling. But it was really fun once I got doing it because A, I didn't have anything much to do that summer. And B, I got to just catch up on podcasts the entire time with just putting my, my AirPods. I hid my phone in the mailbox. So it didn't like go anywhere. And then I pushed off the mailbox for just like an hour or two a day and eventually was good enough to get to the tree and back. I got from one mailbox to maybe like one or two down at, at a couple of points, but I was never very good. It was just kind of like, let me flirt with having, you know, playing with the unicycle for a little while. And then I will give it up and be a regular person with my two wheeled bicycle. Regular people. Speaking of podcasts, Winston, do you listen to podcasts? Not really, though. No? You're listening to one right now. Courtesy of um, the College Try. Wow, you better listen to this show. I was talking to someone who will go nameless today, and they said they didn't know there was a, the website. So you should all check out the website at thecollegetrypodcast.com. All this is a super simple website with our episodes and our show notes. 
which you can get in your podcast player, but why not appreciate, you know, the website while you're at it? It's kind of useless, but it's also there. Just go to the college try podcast.com slash one to get to the first episode slash 18 to get to the 18th episode so on. It's pretty user friendly like that. That is awesome. I didn't know it had that mechanic. I didn't know it existed. You should all check it out because it's great. And Zach put a lot of work into it. So you should do, you should look into that. Yeah. We honestly need to get sponsored by Squarespace. Like all, every podcast has so many ads in it, I feel. And one of them is Squarespace. And the Squarespace is pretty good. The ads are not misleading. So the, we need to be sponsored by, sponsored by Squarespace, <laughs> do a nice mid-roll break. And I think that it, any, any Squarespace representatives are listening, we need to get in touch with them. Honestly, just any businesses in general, your, your ad here, it can go right here and it'll look, it'll be beautiful and we can talk about it a lot. <laughs> yes, we could. So you say about podcasts, when do you listen to your podcast? Well, not yours, but like any podcast you're listening to. When I was a young boy, I started to listen to podcasts. There was this Christian radio station called Air One. You might've heard of it. Their DJs released some content of them, like goofing around and messing around in between the music as a podcast. It was just the like Air One host podcast or whatever. I forget the exact details, but there was like the afternoon version and then the morning version. So I'd listen to all those and just, it was entertaining and fun. And that was in the Apple Podcast app, of course. That was like on my old iPod 2 or whatever it was at the time. And then I really enjoyed that. And I would have been like, I think, 10 or so. And then I got more into tech podcasts as I got on. And so I started listening to the Axonal Tech Podcast, which is my favorite tech podcast of all time. It's amazing. You should check it out if you're interested in tech. But because it was really long, I learned about the magic of turning things up to 2x. It really helps you get through podcasts. And then I switched apps to Overcast somewhere in there, which is a really good app that lets you do a lot of features, but also it has smart speed, which allows you to strip out all the silences, which helps you go even faster than 2x. It also has 3x if you're feeling crazy. I was looking at the stats the other day. It said smart speed has saved you 1,000 hours of time over like five or six years of listening to podcasts. It's cut out 1,000 hours of silences, supposedly, if, if the app is to be believed. It's saved me that much time. So thank you, Overcast. And I listen to about 10 or 11 shows. I'd probably listen to one or two shows a day, and that's just when I'm getting up, getting ready, brushing my teeth, getting dressed, cleaning up my room. Anything that's a menial task, podcasts are great. So I think where most people have music in life, that's where I have podcasts in life. Whenever you read, can you listen to music or podcasts at the same time? Hmm. Okay, music sometimes it heavily depends on the music i can sometimes listen to a score if i'm feeling crazy i started listening to a really good artist i think her name is pommy pomi something like that she is an ambient artist that just creates these beautiful drone soundscapes that are amazing for reading i'm listening to one of her most recent albums which is called frozen passages the first two songs red tail and watchful chickadee are awesome i've had those looped for a long time while reading harry potter and i'm almost done with that and I'll be sad when it's over. But it's just, it's so nice. If it's, you know, dark outside, open, crack the windows, nice spring breeze, those crickets are chirping outside. And you actually have double crickets. You have crickets coming from the window and crickets coming from the sound effects that are built into the music. So that's amazing. I cannot listen to podcasts while I read. I could listen to podcasts when I do math back in the old days when I had lots of like advanced finite and stuff because you're not reading anything. You're just listening to your brain read out numbers at that point, not the English language. Yep, I would totally agree with that. I, I used to be able to do the same thing, but exclusively with math. I couldn't do it while I was like writing papers or reading stuff. But Winston, so you don't listen to podcasts at all then? Not really. Mainly music. Whenever I do my homework, it's pretty much always music, which I know a lot of people have um, playlists, right? And they'll be like, you know, my summer playlist or my fall playlist. I'm the type of person to where, like, you know, I put things back where they belong. Put things in their spots. As you should. I put every single song in one place on my <laughs> Spotify. So it's like 10 hours worth of music and just, you know, put it on shuffle. You told me this. You have one singular playlist. It's like the old iPod classic where you just have all of your songs in alphabetical order. Mm -hmm. Not even in alphabetical order, just like mishmashed. 
but I've kind of memorized them because I put them on when I'm mowing. And like I just kind of memorize which song comes after which. Honestly, whatever strategy works for you. I, I do not judge you. I agree, but I judge you. So that's atrocious. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wish that you would do something about that because that's atrocious. Oh, my gosh. Joe has the most playlists of all of us. He has so many. And then I have maybe like 20 to 25. And then Winston has one. He's a minimalist. He needs to like sell his possessions and move to move to his tiny house with his little playlist. The reason is, is because I want to listen to like, say I want to listen to two songs, but they might be in separate playlists. I don't want to have to like go in and get them. While I'm on the mower or driving. Don't text and drive, kids. Don't text and drive. <laughs> unless you're good at it. You just look them up and cue it, man. Like, there's no... <laughs> this isn't a hard thing. I don't want to go through all that work. That's like... I have like 10 hours worth of music on there. Oh, oh my gosh. In one playlist, and that's all I need. You're a silly <laughs> lad, Winston. Did you used to have an iPod or anything, Winston? Because that seems like a holdover from the iPod classic days. A long, long time ago, I had like a little iPod. I just had it, and I at the time, I was too dumb to understand how it worked. And so I just had whatever previous owner's music was on there and just never added anything else. Honestly, that's awesome. Because <laughs> I borrowed my aunt's iPod, and I just used whatever random Christian rap was on there. It didn't even matter. You made do. After that was the classic i don't want to pay for music go on the <laughs> app store mp3 download torrent that bad boy <laughs> yeah i mean it was always good and they'd always like get taken down but then another one would come up and so you wouldn't have the exact song you were looking for maybe it was like covered by some random person but sometimes it worked pretty well and you didn't pay for music we don't condone piracy but that is a pretty good story i think winston the people are waiting to hear more about you so why don't you let us know, who are you, Winston? Why are you here? Well, my name is Winston E. Chastine. That E does not stand for anything. It's just there. It's just <laughs> a letter E. I was filling out a background check on myself. I was buying a gun, SKS, if you must know. I filled it out, and you got to put in your full middle name. And so I called it in, and they asked that part, and I was like, E., and the, the, the lady that was, like, doing it, like, kind of stopped, and she was, like, middle initial only, and then just kept going. And, and my manager, like, whispered to me, it's got to be your full middle name. And then afterwards, I was like, it is, though. And I'm ridiculed for that. But when your parents named you, they wrote the letter E on the birth certificate? Correct. Honestly, I don't quite know what to say to that. There you go. I, I'm quite suspicious of you, um, to be 100% <laughs> honest. You don't believe me? I'm going to do a background check with your parents. I, I want you to bring your mom up here, <laughs> and I want her to tell me. I will show you my ID. That doesn't necessarily prove anything. Doesn't Don't IDs always have the middle initial? I don't believe this. No, yeah, come on. Yeah, no, no, no. It's always got the middle name. I want your birth certificate, Winston. That's what I want. Okay, you got it. I don't even know where it is. Oh, that's a, that's a clever excuse. I lost my wallet. A likely story. Joe, where were you born? I was born at Bloomington Hospital. Okay. Because there's no hospital in the town that I live in, which is Ellettsville. So what are you going to do? Yeah. Joe lives in Tumbleweed land of Ellettsville. I was born in St. Louis. Everyone else I know was born in Bloomington. That's pretty cool. You were St. Louis? Wait, why were you born in St. Louis? There's not an interesting story. It's just that my parents used to live in St. Louis, and then they, well, it's very complicated. It involves moving back and forth from Bloomington to St. Louis a lot. The short version is that I was born there, lived there for one year that I don't remember anything of, except there's like two videos of our house, and then I remember Bloomington. And Bloomington is truly my home, even though I wasn't born there. 
But I can still be president of the U.S. Do you have goals and aspirations of being the president of the United States, Zachary? I have goals of not being the president of the United States. That would be such an invasion of privacy. Oh, the president mm. ate a hamburger today. Here's a picture of it and 10 news stories. No, thank you. I would like to to hide my face like CGP Grey. Bingo. Ah, uh, yes. Oh, my gosh. That's yes. We need to <laughs> every episode, every episode. We always talk about this YouTube channel called CGP Grey. You might have seen it before. Yeah. And it's for some reason, we both like him to the point that it literally always comes up in conversation. So bingo, you got a free bingo spot. Mm hmm. His electoral college video was pretty good. I agree. The original one or the newer one? I can't remember. The one where it explained the sneaky way to, like, win. Oh, the newer one? Yeah, that one was good. Basically, the government can completely cheat the system if they want <laughs> by going against the wishes of the states. After that video, I watched his videos on voting systems, which is funny because I'm in a class now, a math, quote-unquote, math class, um, and we're talking about voting systems, and we're literally doing, like, the types that he recommended in, in the video. It, it's very cool. Anyway, check out CBGB Grey. Just, you know, every episode, we're going to hammer this into the viewer's head. <laughs> this is how it is. Yeah, his subscriber count goes up whenever a new episode is published. Like, I wonder what that jump was. He's sitting in his house, his flat in London, wondering what it was. You're welcome, CGP Grey. You're welcome. Here's a little Europe tip for you if you ever go. Their first floor is our second floor. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Because it's considered like zeroth floor is, is the one at the ground because that's nothing. And then the first floor is the first one off. So yeah, that actually makes makes sense. Yeah. We would take getting used to, but I would say that that makes more sense in the abstract. I don't like it. Me neither. <laughs> well, I mean, if you've got two stories, right? On the first floor, there's a floor there. So technically, that is the first floor. I like your reasoning. Also, the motherland has, has no uh, bearing on America anymore. So screw them. You know what I'm saying? Ah, wow. Well, Winston, how did you meet us? Tell us the story. It's been a lot of minutes, and we have not introduced you properly. Coleman D. Chastain is how I met Joseph Dernal. And I actually don't, I guess just at the six, I met Zachary. I don't actually remember. For context, the six is our youth group. And also, does Coleman just have the D as the middle initial? No, his is D-E-E. -E. Oh, it's literally D-E-E. -E. Oh, actually D. You pulled a fast one on us, but I understand now. It's a real one, I gotta say. So you knew Joe for like a long time somehow magically. And I think I, I originally met you in homeschool co-op. When Sherwood Oaks used to do like a homeschool, like they let people teach there. And I was in uh, some classes, like a history class or and a, uh, like an English class. And Joe and I also went to the same math tutor on the same day at the same time. And so Joe was like, oh, I can drive you. Did you listen to podcasts while doing math? We actually didn't. Nope. That would not be allowed. I remember one time, Joe, you know, she has that like blue thing, the blue eraser that she uses. Mm -hmm. I remember I like, picked it up and I just started going like click, click, click. And she was just like, stop that. Oh, oh, the, the, it, yeah, she has one of those pencil ones where it like looks like a pencil, but it has an eraser where the, where the lead is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I know. What you, yeah, those were really nice. <laughs> yeah. Those blue erasers are really good because the ones that they give you on those number two pencils from Target or literally Staples or literally anywhere else, they do nothing. They're just there for decoration and to make you make your paper pink and disgusting and then you just get angry. You might as well include nothing at that point. It's always a hit or miss. Mm -hmm. It's like, am I going to get a good eraser or am I not going to get a good eraser? True. And so you got the whole pencil to deal with. Because I don't subscribe to the mechanical that the system is pushing us on. They're like, no, use mechanical. No. Mechanical is awesome. Change my view. You see, with wood pencils, you get to cut down a tree. So. So back to what we were saying. <laughs> um, Winston, I remember when I met you, I was so confused 
Because here you were, this like six foot two, six foot three guy. I was not that tall at that point. You were no, you were pretty tall. Like, okay, don't hey dad, stop interrupting my story. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> here you were. You had hair down to your like shoulder blades, super long hair. Yeah. Okay. Cowboy boots. I did no 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 no. I never wore cowboy boots. That was Coleman. Maybe it was Coleman. My mind is fusing you too. Yes, I agree with that. My point is <laughs> you were a confusing being when I first saw you. Mm-hmm. I was friends with your older brother, Coleman. But as I got to know you, I was like this is going to be a hard one to peg down. Like, who is this person? I don't even, I don't even know. Who are you? I don't know. And, you know, I'd venture to say I'm still figuring it out. You know what I mean? <laughs> Winston is like a puzzle. No one can solve him. You think you do, but it's just like Shrek. The layers of the onions keep on going down and down forever, like an inception of an onion. We still haven't introduced you, though. Speaking of puzzles, do you guys puzzle? Are you asking me if I solve puzzles? Because no, I most certainly do not. That's very boring. Like, you know, like jigsaw puzzles. No, jigsaw puzzles are terrible. I don't want to do jigsaw puzzles. Okay. They're like torture. They're like what your family gets out to torture you. You're just objectively wrong. I'm sorry. You know, if you consider life a puzzle, then I am a puzzler because I (laughs) try to figure, you know, you know what I'm saying, Winston? Yeah. In a way, life is the ultimate puzzle. Yeah, it is the ultimate puzzle. You know, they throw curves at you. You got to fit things together. True. But I never do jigsaw puzzles, though. I mean, this is how it is. Joe, you wrote in the document, Winston used to have long hair. He still has long hair. I used to have longer hair. Like a girl's hair length, like super, super long. Because I saw you from the back a lot because you're in the the other classroom and I was not sure what your gender was for like one month straight. (laughs) I wasn't going to say it, but I agree. I I was there too. Yeah. And it was like, I'm never close enough to really be able to determine gender. So I'm always going to be like, okay, see you later. And then I got to talking to you and you turned out to be male and you turned out to be really nice. So it all worked out in the end. So we still haven't really introduced you. Here's Winston. He's a guest on the college drive Mm -hmm. and it's going to be fun. So now that you've been properly introduced, let's talk about cycling and we all like to do it. It's fun. We've talked about the hilly, which is pretty easy. We've talked about the cycles, which is pretty, pretty challenging in a lot of ways. (laughs) Winston, why don't you tell us about your life and your journey cycling throughout the ages? Well, before I get to that story, I was out cycling today. It was uh, like 11 miles, and I came like the closest I've ever came to getting hit by a car before. Yeah, that's always a fun milestone. It's like on games when you unlock a new personal best. Oh, this time I was five inches from the car. Last time I was only six inches from the car. Like, I could feel the wind go by me, and it was like, it wasn't even, there was a straightaway. The guy could see so far, he just barely moved. <laughs> 10 out of 10, I'd do it again. Cycling, I don't know, I started it like uh, two years ago, maybe three. And I remember I, I'd, I'd gone cycling with Joe about three times, I think. One of those, I crashed. Mm-hmm. The other one, Joe also almost crashed. That's true. I don't like where this is going. Did you both crash next time? No. <laughs> that would make sense. Logical. I wish, but mm-hmm. no. Do you wish? What do you... <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, Winston, what do you most love about cycling? Oh, man, I don't even know. The times when you and Joe crash into a tree, that's your favorite time? It's kind of fun to see how far you can go. Just like, wow, look at this. It's been like four minutes, already gone a mile, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Agreed, agreed. By me, there's like Eagle Point's got all these honeysuckle like uh, bushes along the road it's fun to go by there and you smell them in the springtime that sounds very delicious but joe i got a question for you are you a clipless nerd i am (laughs) screw you man clipless are cool okay and they're actually the opposite of what you're thinking if you don't know what clipless are basically they're lying to you because they are clips the government doesn't want you to know what clipless are exactly 
I've got actually a little tidbit of info for you. They're called clipless because back in the old days, like the 80s, you actually clipped. There's like a little cage around the pedal that you clipped, like you strapped your foot into. So it technically was clipped in. That was the clip. So that's why they're called clipless. I disagree firmly. (laughs) I'm a little unclear, Winston. Are you classifying everyone who uses clips as a nerd? No, just Joe. Go on, Joe. How are clipless compared to no clips? I would like to know. They are beautiful. They're beautiful. Okay, you know why? Because, one, they're nice. Great reason. (laughs) Number two, they are cool. These reasons are terrible. Number three, (laughs) for real, what they do is they help you because if you don't, if it's just, if you're like flat footing or flat uh, pedal it, like you have to push down and then there's no way for you to pull up. Like if you were to pull up, like your foot would come off the pedal. Like when you're clipped in, you get to pull up on the pedal after you push down. In addition, it helps you like when you're going downhill and you, you start to spin out. It doesn't do that because you're you're clipped in. You might start to spin out, but like you're you stay clipped in. Now, what's dangerous about it is that if you get to crash, you you just have to like you have to unclip. And so like there's been a, when I've been in crashes before, it's just natural. Like I I don't even think about it. I just you know because all you have to do is like take your foot and just like pull your heel to the outside and then and you're unclipped. And for people who don't know what we're talking about, clipless pedals are like basically it's almost like a hole. And then there's like a metal thing in your shoe on the bottom. And what you do is you like slam your foot into the pedal and it clips in. It like locks you in. So then you can't, it sounds scary, but you can't get out. Um, but like I said, it helps. And then if you want to unclip, you have to like, like I said, you have to take your heel and move it to the outside and, and that like unclips you and then you're good to go. But they're awesome, Winston, and you can suck it. You know, you just don't understand. It's okay. Not, ev- not everybody can be awesome like me. It's, I, I understand. Joe, I just want to ask you this. Have you ever fallen off your bike because you failed to unclip? That's, okay, wait. Everybody's done that once, okay? Objection, leading the witness. You have to do it at least once when you're learning. Exactly, yes, true. Zachary, do you have clipless? Yes, I do use that. That's great. It changes the game for me because when I learned, once you reach a certain skill as like whatever, a 10-year-old child, you eventually reach the point where if you pedal any faster, your feet fly off the handle and you can't you can't go and get any more speed. So it's nice to have them locked in. And yeah, you get used to it and you just automatically, if you have to bail clip out, which is good. And there's just more power because you're getting up and down, not just down. Mm -hmm. Yes, there's a learning curve, but like everything else in life, it's, you know, a couple of weeks of pain and then you can do it no problem. And it just clicks. Haha, very funny. (laughs) And then you're good for the rest of your life. Joe, I got a question for you. Oh boy, here we go. Forgive me if I'm wrong, Zachary, but Joe seems to be the more experienced cyclist. Correct me if I'm wrong. But would you say if you're going downhill fast... Should you be letting, you know, just your feet be, you know, still not trying to like pedal or should you be pedaling? How fast are you going? That's a good question. Fast enough to where I guess, I don't know, say 35 miles an hour. Okay, that's pretty fast. Well, at that point, there's no need to go faster. Mm -hmm. So I would say your feet can be still. However, if you're going any slower than that, especially if you're leading a group and you're in the front, you, you need to keep pedaling. So in that case, yes, in my opinion. But in the case like where you're just like solo coming down a hill at like 35, 40 miles an hour, which is super fast on a bike, if you've never gone that fast. It's so fun, though. It is super fun. On the cycles, the second time I went, we came off the mountains. And like, I think I ended up going, I think my top was like 48 or 49. <laughs> and it just like, it's, it's just so, oh my gosh, it's so cool. Anyway, does that answer your question? Yes, thank you. 
Yes, you're welcome. I feel like we should be asking you the questions, Winston. This is our interrogation. <laughs> Winston's here to interview us. <laughs> Another story about biking. So you know how on a bike, the, the rear brake is on the right. Well, on um, on like a dirt bike, it's not. That's the uh, front brake. Ooh, that could be dangerous. And I was on a friend's dirt bike, and I was like, I was riding it, and I was going around this turn, and I was like, oh, let me slow down a little bit. And so I just, you know, <laughs> started using <laughs> the right brake, and I almost wiped out. And I was like, wow. Wow. You were accidentally triggering the front where you meant to trigger the rear. Yes. Did you flip off? No, I was fine. Oh, I know. I was told that the front brake is your friend. Amen. Because it stops you faster. It just so happens that you can't apply it quite as violently as you might like. And I don't think I ever did apply it violently, which is good. But I oftentimes will apply them at the same time if I kind of really need to. I think that's what most people do, honestly. Just to even the way. Yep. I do both at the same. Mm -hmm. Unless it's like, have you guys ever drifted? Like, you just like hold your back brake. Like, super tightly. I've never on purpose drifted because I like to be alive. <laughs> Speaking of drifting, Joe and I were going down a very big hill by Lake Lemon, I think it was. Mm. And Joe goes to me. That was like my second ride or maybe first ride that I've ever been on, like a long one with him. And uh, he was like, you know, take it slow. And I was like, all right. He was like, don't do anything crazy. And then he speeds off. And at the bottom, there's a sharp turn, like an S-type turn. On the left, there's like a field, and on the right, I think there's like woods. And Joe, I'm pretty sure he tried to drift it around that S, but ended up almost crashing to where he flies into the field, and a bunch of construction workers were looking at him, and they're like, you all right, buddy? <laughs> yep, that's super true. That did happen, um, except that it wasn't intentional, <laughs> and that I just, I what happened was is that I forgot how harsh that turn was, and I just started to apply my right brake, and then I tried to apply both, but the right brake, I guess, for, for like, froze up from the friction and, like, just locked and was just there, so my, my back tire started to skid, and then I just had to, I, like, I just, like, you know, into the field. Luckily, there wasn't a car that could have hit me, because then I'd be dead and not here, so that would not be great. <laughs> no, that would not be great, but it was an intentional drift, as Winston so slanderously said. Yeah, you... Well, I, okay, I'm sorry. I got that wrong. Deceit. <laughs> anyway, fun times. Yeah. Have you guys ever crashed horrifically? Eh, only when I was like eight years old, and then I, I, I'm i going to knock on my desk, though, because it's wood. I take things pretty conservatively, so even if I were to quote-unquote crash, it would be at 20 to 30 miles an hour, not 15. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing quite that bad has happened. I think there might have been like a crash or two at the hilly, but obviously nothing major. Nothing that even got lodged in my brain. But that's just juvenile. There you go. I forget all my crashes mm -hmm. anyway. Winston? I've never really been in a big one, but I remember when I was riding with Joe. For those of you who don't know, we know a man named Ronald Pritchard, also known as RJ. Mm -hmm. I was behind Joe, and I saw a sign that said Pritchard on it. And I pointed, and I was like, ha-ha, look, Pritchard. And I like, I didn't realize it, but my tire had come up to where it was like almost touching Joe's. And instead of just hitting the brakes like I should have, I started like wobbling. And like, I just, it just crashed. Joe remembers. It was good. Yep. Yep, I do. But it wasn't RJ Pritchard that was in the truck or anything. No, it was just a sign that said Pritchard on it. <laughs> okay, just making sure. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I remember that. Yeah, you rubbed my back wheel and then you just went down. And it was outside, <laughs> we stepped outside of a lady's uh, house and she came out. She was wanting us to leave. And I was yeah. like, there was blood coming out of my knee. And I was like, all right, <laughs> give me a second. Mm-hmm. And my handlebars were like really bent. And so like I was going, I was pointing one direction but going straight. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> Good times. Yeah. I'd say I think my worst one was, um, ah, man, I 
I think the worst one was it was on pay, like because one of them I went off the road into the woods, and that one like just hurt more. It didn't like leave any scratches or anything. But the other one was on pavement, and it was because the dummy in front of me tried to take off his shoe while he was riding and then put <laughs> it back on. Was this the same kid that brought drugs? Actually, uh, he was he was at least involved. <laughs> Can neither confirm nor deny. And when he went to put it back on, he missed. He like tried to shove his foot back in, and instead of going into the shoe, I think it went into his front wheel, <laughs> which sounds horrific. Like that, that sounds horrible. You kind of deserve to go off the cliff at that point. Yeah, right. Which is funny you say that. We were riding by like a cliff that went <laughs> to the ocean. <laughs> funny you should ask. Yeah, right. But we were on this trail, and and he went over his front wheels, and I was behind him. I think I went over my front wheels. I don't know, but it left a scar on my stomach, and then a scar on my on my arm. Then I had to ride in the van that day because I couldn't couldn't run anymore so that kind of sucked but anyway still alive so that's good well Winston you my good sir and I'm gonna publicly make fun of you here Mm -hmm. well publicly disgrace you that is yeah I haven't already done it myself you haven't written me a letter back yet I wrote you a letter a couple of days ago Mm -hmm. I am so angry, I don't even know what to do with myself. Has the letter even come to his house yet? Well, Joe, first off, let me just say, I think you should give me a little more time because beforehand, (laughs) I hadn't written you a letter for like a month, so I mean, I think you should give me a little more time before, you know, you get mad. True, true. I cannot explain to you how mad, I hope my sarcasm is coming through to the viewer, I cannot explain to you how mad I am at you, Winston. Joe, I ripped your letter up, I hope you know that. Oh my god. Put it straight into the shredder. I mean, look. Look, I think it's super cool because you have a wax seal, and I think that you should talk about that because it's super cool. Well, it's wax seal things. There you go. No. (laughs) (laughs) When I was like 10 or 11, probably 10, I can't remember. It was a long time ago. I just really liked the like kind of medieval type stuff like dip pens and like like wax seal. I remember for my birthday, my parents got me like this little kit, and it had, you know, like a little like kerosene candle and like a little like a pot thing that you put it on that's got on a, on a stick and then you melt the wax in and the little stamp. I've just been using it since. I'm using it. I never write letters to anyone except Joe. Aww. So all of your letters seem extra official is what you're saying. Exactly. It's so cool to get them. That way you know if somebody gets in your mail. <laughs> yeah. Not really. But, well, actually, yeah. It's a good time. And honestly, I think anybody out there who's listening and wants to write me letters even if I don't know you, I will write you letters. So hit them up at. Don't don't no blah blah. I'm bleeping that. Yeah, bleep all of that. So yeah, no, I love I love writing letters. It's it's a very cool way to like keep in contact with people who live far away. And if you want to write me letters, hit me up. It's a lovely, lovely time. I thought you were going to say, write me letters to P.O. Box 12345 <laughs> at the College Try Lane or something. No. <laughs> but no, you're just saying this offer extends only to people you know who can actually do it. Everyone else, get out of here. Well, I mean, you know, I, I think I'd only like to send you letters if you have my phone number. And that's a good test of uh, our friendship. So there you go. Yes. Send to 812. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not pulling a Winston. I used to have a pen pal. We still talk to this day, but letters are so 1996. The the habit doesn't really stick too long because here's the thing you got to know about Joe and Winston. They're like old souls. They like to use the wax seals and have like this perfect pristine product to send to people. 
and I'm more of a five sentence email kind of person, which is probably bad, but you know, <laughs> I, I cannot tell a lie. And that's okay because you know, it's, it's whatever you want to do. I mean, I like letters because like, I don't know, it feels lovely to get a letter in the mail. It's an enjoyable thing. And also it's a lovely way to talk to people. And I don't know, I, I mean, a friend from CSF did it over break and I think he sent me like three letters. I sent him like two letters. But yeah, no, Zachary, if you want to write me letters, I'll write you back. I promise. Maybe I'll do it when you graduate or something, but it has to be like a special occasion. Oh, okay. Actually, I'm going to add that to my to-do yes. list. Send Joe yes. a letter when he graduates. Heck yeah. So Zachary says about, you know, old timey things, right? I got to say, my dad makes fun of me because I keep a checkbook and I write down the transactions in them. Are you kidding me? You have a checkbook? He'll <laughs> make fun of me. Yeah. You're officially 98 years old. <laughs> I, I think I'm going to make fun of you for that. That's that's absurd. Like, I'll help him with accounting, and he'll always be, he'll, he'll just keep telling me, like, you know, you should use this, you should use this, you old man. And I'm wow. like, you know. He's offering you, like, budget saver 50000 for the Mac or something, and you're like, let me write this down. He's offering me that sleek, clean computer Give me that old pen and paper. Honestly, if you're able to keep track of your bank balance and your transactions and not going to crippling debt, honestly, I give you two thumbs up and you should keep using your system. I'll admit it's impractical for like an adult, but considering how I don't really make many purchases, uh, it's all right. It's not like, you know, I'm paying all these bills. Joe, I got a question for you. All right, hit me. And Zachary too. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. David Ramsey. What do you think of him? Mm. He is a very good teacher. And as we know, into 2021 with cancel culture and such, oftentimes people want to take the advice of a person and the quality of the person's character in the same in the same hand. We can we either throw them both away or we keep them both. Honestly, I say I respect him as a good teacher who knows what he's talking about. However, I think he's prone to exaggeration and hypocritical traits and thinking he himself is Lord Jesus Christ come down from like the temple of money to tell you how to manage your money. Mm. So. He has many good pieces of advice that would certainly help 99.9% .9 of Americans, but try to look past the, like, God complex sometimes and the <laughs> other very many questionable decisions that he makes in life. I guess I would say the same. I I don't know much about his character as a whole, so I'm just, I mean, as far as his money advice goes, I think it's a good thing. I'm never going to refuse advice about money because even if it's bad advice, I can learn from that. Oh, remember that financial peace class where he gave the advice to if you have this this guy i don't know why people do this maybe i wonder if they're showing off people come in call into a show and say i have like two to three million dollars is it okay <laughs> if i buy an eighty thousand dollar harley yep i remember that and i don't know if you remember this he gives the advice buy the harley buy the freaking Harley. yeah i remember that i remember that and that's all that the certain group of boys in that class that's all they knew this class was all about saving money and being <laughs> careful and having a retirement account to fall back on all they got from it is buy a harley yep. so the course might have completely failed in a lot of respects his point of live like no one else so later you can live like no one else that is a very good point and a very marketable one as well so i give him the thumbs up for thinking mm -hmm. thinking of that why don't you explain that concept because i think that that would make no sense to somebody who <laughs> doesn't have the uh he's using live like no one else in two ways as the english language allows you to do it allows you to do wordplay and so he's talking about at first you'll live like no one else you'll have old cars you'll eat in like rice and beans beans and rice in like 50 cents a day here we go no one else does that you're living like no one else and then you'll save so much money and be so wise with it that you'll be driving your Harley at the beach at Hilton Head Island or doing whatever you want to do in life. And no one else does that. You're the only one. So you started living like no one else and you saved money and now you're living like no one else. The problem is everyone in the middle, they just kind of buy expensive cars and go in debt and never pay for anything and things go very poorly sometimes. That's sort of the middle ground. He's like, avoid the middle ground. Either 
be in the high ground or the low ground, but mm, you know, mm-hmm. try to avoid the the dangerous middle. What do you think about him, Winston? Zachary's pretty much spot on with his uh, description, which he does give pretty good money advice. Live on as much as you make. Don't live on more than you make. But he does have some things that like he'll constantly just tout on about. Like he earns twelve percent on his uh, mutual funds, and like he's just he's very big on that. Somebody did a video. And they're like, you know, I'm not trying to bash him, but here's like all the mutual funds. And there was like 69,000 of them or something. And he put all these filters on and none of them averaged 12%. They they got close. One was like 11, but there was never 12. Who knows? He might be giving it before tax, though, mm. just to be- make there be a bigger number. It's not about after or before tax, just what your money is gaining at the time, whether it's before or after, just what it's doing in the account. Maybe it's got a little 10. Maybe it jumps up a little. His 12% doesn't really exist. Mm. I'm not saying he's bad. He gives good other advice. Recommend him. Like buy the Harley. Like buy the freaking Harley. So, Zachary, you're trying to learn to play piano. Oh, nice. You you know how to do segues now. (laughs) Yeah, you've elevated yourself. Wow. Thank you. So, yes, I'm trying to learn how to play piano. Both you and Joe are better than me, and I kind of want some advice. All I know how to do from my year or two of learning piano is I know how to do basic chords. For example, C is C, E, G, so on. I know how to add seven and ninth to that, and I know how to sound out almost any song with a bit of work, and I know how to look at Chordify.net and play (laughs) basic songs. Honestly, I'm not quite sure where I need to go from here, and I'm willing to put in the work, but... I just need some advice. Joe, you want to go? Sure, I'll go. Well, look, I'm going to be honest with you. That doesn't sound that different from where I'm at currently. Oh, no, you're useless to me. Well, so I think I I was at a point where when I was doing it every, like when I had lessons every week and when I like was putting time into learning new things and like stuff like that, I think I was past the point that I'm at now. But I think after I got to college... I stopped doing lessons every week because they're expensive. I have the knowledge that I have in that I can basically play any song I want to play. I can figure things out if I need to, and I can do the things that are required of me, like on a band or anything like that. At a time, I could kind of sight read and play what I was reading at the same time. I mean, that was like the peak of my abilities. And so, I mean, as far as like, I mean, I've been playing piano for like I think like six years come this fall. I mean, as far as like where you're at versus where you want to be, what is it exactly that you want to do? Just, I'm curious. I want to be just a bit better in the sense of knowing how to play more. Obviously, popular songs are good. Even though they're easy to play, people will be happy if you go in there and play popular songs with four chords. So I guess I'm just sort of wondering, like, what resources did you use to, for, especially for the, like, even the Christmas songs, you know, and, and such stuff like that. What did you use there? I like to say something. One, I don't take lessons anymore, and I took I w- I played for like five years or something like that. Well, I stopped taking lessons like a, a, like months ago, and I just now started like getting back into it and trying to finish a song, Pineapple Rag. But before, I, he would always have me do like scales. It would be like I don't know, augmented whatever scales, and so I'd always do them. I never could hear the chords that I, that I played. Like I never recognized I'm like, "Oh, that's this chord." I just played whatever was on there. I just read it and played it. I wasn't good enough to read and play at the same time, but I could, just, you know, read it and then slowly get better. As far as like resources go, one thing that was huge for me is I started to pay attention to the songs that I liked 
And if the song was interesting, I could hear it. And then I was like, why is that interesting? I need to figure that out. A lot of the chord progressions and little things that I add to songs are because I listened to songs that I like and then I like incorporate that. I'm gonna use Roman numerals because I think you understand those, Zachary. Like a one major two to a five, right? Like that's not normal, but like I learned that. So like it would be like a C to a D major and then a G. Which, yeah, which would be like, sounds like you're in the key of G, but you're, if you're in the key of C, it's like not, the, it's not supposed to be there. Like I learned that from a lot of country songs and like um, the, if you listen to the, the song Something by the Beatles, that taught me how to sort of drag out chords. So what I mean by that is like, if you play C with an octave on it and play the, the next C above and then take the top C and then drop it a note and do a C major seven. Yep, and then now drop it one half step. Do this top note, the top note. And then it's C minor seven. Yeah. That's the chord progression to something. And so like, that's a great thing to know. And then I can like use that like as a passing thing in worship songs, right? Or like later on in the song, they play an A minor. And then what they do is it's in the like quote unquote bridge and they just keep dropping the the lowest note by a half step. So it's like like that. And it's like, that's a great skill to like drag out a chord if I have nowhere else to go. Like my point is I started listening intently and trying to learn the songs that I loved and I tried to figure out why they were what they were. And that helped me because now I, I just, I'm, I take amalgamations of those different things and I use them in songs even if nobody else hears them or acknowledges them, like they're there for me and I like that. Yeah, anyway, that's what I would say. If you're like into jazz, like I would definitely look up like 251 stuff, um, backdoor 251s, um, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I fell at the last mile. Oh, beautiful. That's the most fancy thing I know how to play. I don't pretend to know anything more fancy. I've got that. two things. One. If it's older than 100 years old, it's public domain, which is how I got pineapple rag for free. Uh, I just printed it off. There was like one note that was wrong on it, but that's okay. <laughs> Unforgivable. Second thing is, I can say this because I play piano. Nobody wants to hear you like, you know, there's a piano somewhere. Say you're at a party. Nobody wants to hear you sit down and play some classical piece that nobody nobody cares about. It. It's not good. Stop playing it. You suck. Okay. No, they they want 21 pilots. <laughs> Play something that everyone enjoys, you know? That's just, that's all I'm saying. I just dropped a bombshell, but, you know, it had to be said. Wow. Well, for me, I never ever played any classical because <laughs> I didn't learn classical because I hate classical, so I'm good. Um, but, yeah, no, I would say that I would say something similar. I mean, play what you want to play, but, like, I like to play things that I know people like or at least I know, like, the progression is cool and somebody would be like, that's a cool progression. Wow, look at that. Or be like, you know. Play some ragtime, like you're in the Old West or something. Exactly. Play a wedding song. Someone's getting married. I'm taking that sort of mentality to guitar now. Zachary, you know that um, the way that you can play where it's like bum, 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 that, that thing, you know? You're talking about bossa nova? Yes, that. Yes. Basic bossa nova. Yep. And, I, and I can take that and do, like, I have different songs that I know on guitar, and depending on the mood... Or like what I want or like what the singer that's singing with me wants. Like I can do different. There's that way to play things. There's like the Beatles. Have you ever heard Blackbird by the Beatles? 
I've heard no Beatles songs, but you can explain it to me. Oh, Zachary, why? <laughs> Here, let me listen to it real fast. Okay, yeah. Blackbird singing in the dead of night. Take these broken wings and learn to fly. All your life. Like, I learned that song and, like, that way of playing, plucking the strings, I mean... It's the same thing on guitar, except you, you can play the same song just in different ways. I would encourage you, like, if you're into jazz stuff and want to learn more of that, like, just start, like, looking at, like, common progressions, you know what I mean? Or, or take the songs you listen to and, like, try to learn them and try to learn why they work. My favorite thing to do is is if I have a song I really love, it's, like, a fun activity for me to, like, sit down at the piano and try to try to figure out what it is. Recently, I was listening to Green Path by Christopher Larkin from Hollow Knight, and it's so beautiful something about it is so beautiful it goes like this mm. <laughs> something very close to that yeah and i thought okay there's something really beautiful about this but if you ask me to sit down and compose it i don't know how to compose something of the same beauty and sort of wonder it's not revolutionary e b g a b g a c it's not gonna set the world on fire with its like creativity per se something about it's just great though and i'm still sort of trying to dissect exactly what that is and i know you can go like five three one five two seven etc but the question is how can i write stuff like that Mm. and how can i incorporate that and i I don't know there's not an easy answer i've been trying to figure out the answer for years and i still don't know it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i mean as far as writing goes like I think I think I've talked about this before, but like last summer, I like, quote unquote, wrote my own like version of Amazing Grace with a bunch of different. Literally, I just stole a bunch of like tropes that I had heard in in different songs and just stuck them in. I mean, and I played the chords I wanted to play and and played the chords that were written for the song, but I used my own way of playing them. I don't know. I I feel like there's nothing new under the sun and like you just have to kind of figure it out. And and if you kind of borrow a pattern like that's not the end of the world and and that's the thing you get to you get to decide how it sounds you know what i mean and that's the coolest part like you can use all the different you're very gifted in that and you can use all the different stuff that you want and and if you want it to sound like something you can kind of not steal but like borrow you know <laughs> good artist borrow great artist steal that's the quote i'm thinking of there you go guitar mm. are you learning it how long have you been learning it yeah well so i started like to play I, I've, I've just taught myself i don't take lessons but i i started to play about two or three years ago now legitimately i just started by learning chords and i and i didn't even start on the guitar i started on the ukulele and that was a solid three years ago and then i i learned a bunch of chords and that was it and then i just took that to the guitar and it was hard it was really really hard at first because like there's two extra strings and they're also very hard to push down on the acoustic and so uh it took a long time and it was not always fun, but I mean, like I said, literally I just started with chords and then like, I think the big step was learning. When quarantine started, I learned Blackbird and I learned Who Says by John Mayer. And both of those songs like helped me to like be more comfortable playing. And now, I, I mean, I, I'd like to start playing the on the band with it, you know, and, and maybe even electric. So anyway, tangent, but yeah, it, it's a fun time. Just literally looking up chords is how I learned. I started like three days ago and I'm making myself like five minutes every day for like two months. I can't quit it or anything. 
Wow. Because for a while, I was like, you know, I'm already good at piano. Yeah. But I'm sick of, like, playing riffs on piano that are guitar riffs, and that just doesn't mm-hmm. sound good or the same. Yep. And it's like, I want to be able to learn how. I don't know if you've heard of it. A Great Craze has been sweeping the nation, and it's called WandaVision. Have either of you watched it? Uh, I've watched, like, I'm, like, on the seventh episode, I think. You haven't finished it, Winston? (laughs) I guess we'll try not to spoil it in our discussion, which may or may not be hard to do. I've got a little fact for you, though. All right. It's called WandaVision, because her name's Wanda, and it's named Vision. (laughs) Wow, I feel so enlightened. Wow. I love that you have that now, Zachary. (laughs) (laughs) I like the show a lot. I'm not going to spoil anything for our, our dear Winnie here. I didn't expect to like it at all. I think it's because I didn't realize what it was going to be. But now that I know, it was a good show. I think it disappointed me on some things that I was hoping for. But I think most people can say that. What were you hoping for? Well, without spoiling too much for Winston here. Oh, yeah. I was hoping for like a multiverse stuff and like Doctor Strange to get involved and, and yeah I was I was hoping for that too that did not happen sorry Winston for spoiling it but Doctor Strange did not make an appearance even though I hoped he would and I was very upset mm-hmm. Doctor Strange was like you know I monitor monitor everything whatever that poses a threat but like he just let the WandaVision thing go on oh that's true <laughs> maybe he didn't think it was a threat maybe not who knows doesn't count he did get a reference in the last episode which was cool but yeah, I mean, it was a good show. It let me down a little bit, I feel like, but it's okay. It's it's fine. Freaking the the development of Wanda as a character was really good, and I respect her a lot more now. And I like Vision a lot more now. A lot of people complained about the first few episodes being weird and slow and boring, but I really liked them because I felt like they nailed the old sitcom plots in the writing and the weird awkwardness that's part of the charm of an old sitcom. And I was just smiling the whole time. I watched Andy Griffith and bewitched and all these sorts of things growing up and they really nailed just these awkward plots where it's like misunderstandings over the phone and like you know it's all super first world so everyone's fine it's just awkward misunderstandings is the main conflict yep they did a great job completely making it seem like believable yes it's maybe too hd but it seemed very believable this could have been a sitcom which so good job marvel team you had a big budget like millions and millions of dollars so you better do a good job on this what was interesting is this oh no that's a spoiler yeah Winston, no, get out i of saw here. that yeah okay if, if you would have told me that darcy and jimmy would have come back i wouldn't have believed you and jimmy Wu would have come back i wouldn't have believed you because just these two random side characters came back and that it was amazing to have them back so good job marvel thank you for doing that and breaking my life better he's such a likable character you know he is no one can dislike him no matter how hard you try now i did hear some complaints with darcy i feel like a lot of people that i talked to don't like her in general (laughs) don't like her they're monsters how could you not like her character she's great she's kind of irritating no joe i'm not gonna lie to you (laughs) i'm sorry you're missing the entire point that's like oh tony stark he's so arrogant yeah you're missing the entire part of the character okay okay (laughs) good point but she's like She's like super awkward and I I get that that's supposed to be humorous but like at a certain point it just is awkward and I'm like I don't enjoy this, you know. Is it like you're looking in a mirror? I'm sorry I had to make that joke. Cue the laugh track for that one cuz I <laughs> I can't muster. <laughs> uh, Would you shut who is up, man? Listen, who- there you go. There you go. <laughs> sorry. Oh my gosh. I couldn't hold it back. Bruh. <laughs> when did you get a soundboard? When did this happen? <laughs> I've always had it. I just don't you normally use it, but tonight's a special night. Wow. Anyway. The last thing I think I can say that really isn't a spoiler is that the fact that we have scrolls from Captain Marvel means that we literally can't trust anyone. 
Yep. No one is trustworthy anymore. It's very upsetting. I agree. It's quite problematic, honestly. <laughs> Literally, any character could turn on you at any point. You just don't know. Mm-hmm. Or help you at any point. You just don't know. It's very upsetting. What do you think, Winston? I think, um, no idea what a scroll is, but you're right. I mean, they can just go rogue at any point. Oh my gosh. No, I'm sorry. I, I can't really comment <laughs> on that. So have you seen Falcon and the Winter Soldier? I saw the trailer, but I haven't watched it yet. I mean, spoil it. Feel free. Spoil it. Feel free, Joe. Yeah. I mean, there wasn't much that happened in this episode. They didn't They didn't even meet each other. It looks good. I like Bucky's character a lot. I, I like how gritty he is, and I don't know. I enjoy that. I, I like Falcon too, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see how the story goes because i don't know i'm just i'm curious to see what they do with it i really wasn't looking forward to this one i'm really looking forward to loki yeah that one's gonna be awesome yeah but i i mean i'm excited to see where they take it there are definitely some diehard fans of the winter soldier and they're definitely getting to be happy here i like the winter soldier i do it's just i feel like it's not my cup of tea in a lot of ways it's just it's very generically a superhero movie in which like let's blow things up and here's this mercenary and shoot 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 gun 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 and that can be fun to watch and it will be nice to have like a consistent thing to watch on fridays but Nah. Well, I think WandaVision was more interesting because there was that mysterious aspect to it and you never quite knew what was about to happen and things were kind of shifting around more wildly. Mm. So it seems like Marvel kind of took a chance on the front end and then went a bit more safe. And I think people were willing to power through the unsafe, like completely random and weird plots because they knew the the safe thing that they liked was coming up. Which so maybe that actually worked out for them in the end. Mm-hmm. They have enough money, so it worked. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a, I would say that's an accurate portrayal of the situation as it stands. Any final thoughts, Winston? Did you know that steam trains can actually like spin their wheels really fast and make it spark? You're saying if the driver just steps on the gas? If the engineer so chooses, wow, he can if he wants. And there's there's they're on YouTube. It's kind of funny to watch, but yeah. You can uh, burn out on a train. Wow. That sounds like very destructive and not a good thing to do, but it is interesting. It's terrible for it, but it's pretty cool. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It voids your warranty. Uh, Joe, what do you think? Do you think we should bring back trains, steam trains, (laughs) as a mode of transportation? Surprisingly, I have no opinion on the matter. Why not? I'm not an avid trainist like you, you know? I'm sorry. Who did not like trains when they were a kid? Please tell me. I liked them don't get me wrong i was obsessed with garbage trucks garbage (laughs) trucks are my jam amen interesting you either know or you don't because joe's making a face that implies that he doesn't know what i'm talking about winston you probably know what i'm talking about probably i'm a dirty person i would always go it thursday morning like you know i'd sometimes wake up kind of just as they were arriving and then run down to watch them out the window it was great because when i was older and by older i mean like 16 or 17 figured out there's this youtube community of people who film trash trucks and follow them around and are like know everything about the trucks and so they'll post 15 minutes of the truck going around their neighborhood as they're like following on their bike and so on so you can get you know watch the crusher crush everything and watch them dump it off it the dump and everything and then there'll be all these commenters that know way too much and need to get a life about for about garbage trucks <laughs> they'll be like oh the c229 on that one looks broken <laughs> yeah. they they refurbished the lifts with some orange 340s last spring and those are way more reliable than those busted c20s that, that you have there or they'll be like, oh, that paint job on the green rims looks really good. The ones in Springfield only have like orange ones and those <laughs> tend to rust out. And the people know way too much about trash trucks. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah, you need to replace the the left rear sprocket to make it run better. Wow. The commenters are just a bunch of like 75-year-old people who who know way too much about trash trucks. But trash trucks are cool. I'll link in the show notes for the for the people. I'll link them some great trash truck channels so they can relive being a child where they could watch out the window. Only now you can do it for literally hours straight. I mean, they, I guess they always just smelled bad. So I was like, yeah. Not a fan, you know. <laughs> I don't think we should necessarily bring back trains because 
Wait, what are you even talking about bringing back trains? Trains are literally still in service. Well, I mean, like, as so here, there used to be a train that ran through here. In fact, Colin, my boy, um, he and I went in the back of our neighborhood, and there were old train tracks used to run, and we, you know, found any, you know, spikes we could and just took them. You know, it was kind of cool. Like, you know, bring it back. I want to be able to take it. You're saying trains is a mode of transportation, not just bringing coal around. No, I mean, obviously they do that, but I mean, like, as transportation, you know, you take Europe, for example. You can take a train pretty much anywhere. It seems like America would be the perfect place to do it because it's so big. But then again, that probably costs a lot of money to make track. It does. And it's so satisfying. You look up, like, these European train videos, like, in the winter. It's so satisfying to travel by train. Mm -hmm. Like, is it the fastest? Not at all. Is it super satisfying? Oh, yeah. All right. I got to go, guys. Bye, Joe. Goodbye, Joe. Have a good time on your homework. Yes. See you guys. Well, what did you think about your podcast debut, Winston? It was good. I mean, I liked it. I don't know if I was good or not. Hopefully. Maybe those listeners will enjoy. No, you were great. You're an expert. You know, I've, you know I'd recommend 10 out of 10 would do it again if I'm invited. Probably won't be. Um, <laughs> we'll see. But I, I think it's pretty good. How would you rate my experience? How would I rate your experience or my experience? Those are two different things. Not my experience. My my how would you rate me on this podcast i would say that you are a 10 out of 10 Thanks. because you always kept the conversation moving because the worst thing you can do podcasting it's an audio medium the worst thing you can do is run out of things to say because then it gets awkward the best thing you can do as a podcast host is just keep the conversation moving and always have something to mm -hmm. say and that's that's literally the best amen that's when you just spring in with random train facts <laughs> like did you know the uss iowa biggest battleship we have um it's like 900 feet long it's top speed's like 33 knots, so that's like 40 miles an hour. So you could technically water ski off of the back of it. But under what circumstances could that possibly work? Because I'm thinking like the Polar Express, where the Polar Express is going over the icy lake, and like it's melting and they barely stay on the tracks. Like there's almost no situation in which that could actually work. I don't think you could because it's got a massive weight, but you know, if it didn't, <laughs> you could because you're going fast enough. But you know, that's just a fun little fact. That is honestly interesting. Did you ever watch Thomas the Train, though? Not really. I know Coleman did a lot, but I didn't really watch it that much. I, do you remember Fireman Sam? No, I it might have been in the wrong generation for Fireman Sam. I might have just barely missed it by a couple of years. I think it was even older than me. I can't even really remember it. Just that like there, it was like these people, these firefighters pretty much, and just went around town saving people. But you know, it's, it's pretty good. What I can't, I know, I mean, I know there's a reason, but like it just blows my mind how one of those massive battleships that's like all steel just floats. You know, it weighs like 90 million pounds and it's just floating there. <laughs> it's like, it shouldn't work, you know? Somehow it works. Did you know that by all laws of physics, a bee should not be able to fly? That's just, that's a little uh, bee movie quote for you. Did you ever watch the bee movie? Did you know by all known laws of aviation, <laughs> a bee cannot be able to fly? But bees do not care what is impossible. It's like the battleships. They don't care what's impossible. I just, I just, you know, I'm just in awe. Wonderful awe.